Now there's a vibe for a Sunday morning. Ooh. The yeah. snake rattler. <laughs> Soccer mom Sunday. I know. Good morning. Do you have your coffee? <laughs> I, I, I'm sure I do at the time of this release. No, I don't. I have something very different at the time of, the, well, at, at the recording. At the time of the release, yeah. Be- yeah, so we're in, this is like the Matrix. We are literally right now in two different spheres. That's right. Currently, real time, we're at Mellow Mushroom Sunset Hills again, which has become an amazing go-to place. Real time of recording. Real time of recording. Time of drop will be a Sunday morning, and God knows how I'll be feeling, and you know, it's likely to be coffee for sure. So at this point... It's a cider. In recording <laughs> world, you're, you have cider. And in real world, you have apple juice with whiskey. Ooh, I, I've never had that combo. Oh, really? What? It's a little modified hot toddy. Ooh, and you, you probably have a sore throat. Probably help. It does. Okay. It does. I like you know warm apple juice, like a yeah. Like and a, this time of year, it's like you look outside, you're like, nah, I don't want anything cold. I, I I'm interested. Drew. Because I'm not a Bloody Mary person in the morning. No, no, no. Why would you want tomato soup in your liquor? No. And I don't need to floss my teeth with celery. Um, And I like mimosas, but I don't always, like, it's not always like, I'm not going to just like pop a bottle of Prosecco unless Christy Gable's around, who we've had on this podcast before. Well, not to sound lame, I also, mimosas, like, I don't want the heartburn. Oh, you know, (laughs) it's kind of like the acid phase. I'm I'm in that, that third of my life where anything. That says vitamin C really means I'm going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> with heartburn. Feel the burn. <laughs> so good morning. Good good afternoon. Good morning. Oh, see, he, he just thought about heartburn and he started coughing. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, so, um, Katie Shields we had on. Isn't she a badass? You know, I was... Um, I was really looking forward to that episode. This was the last episode, uh, last Sunday release. I was blown away. Like, legit. She's she's an ace. Yes. Um, and I love the approach. I love the fact that she's not from here, but completely understands what here is about when it comes to this game we love. Um, but her her MO, her her vibe, it, it, and numbers don't lie. You know, she's, oh, she's killing it at the highest level and challenging the program. Slew is lucky. Oh my gosh. Slew is lucky to have the pedigree that it's had forever. And now they have her over the, you know, going into 12th season. It's, it's just a continuation of something great. And she's, she's a big part of it. And, you know, you're, I think she's really on to something. As we all know, culture makes a difference. Culture on the pitch, culture on your bench, like on that sideline, culture on the Baron sideline. But to have have a strong like she she hammered it home several times on being very strong on you know they have to read a book before coming in so I'm sure they also have to do sprints and stuff like that but you also need to read this book and this is we ba- we build ourselves based on this know that coming in and then of course reiterating that I think that's massive in success you, you, we we've all been on I know that I was on teams at times with great players but shit culture. And it destroyed the team, right? And then you can have a great culture with good players can can do great things. Well, the sports analogies, uh, pick pick your sport. Any of the big four or soccer all-star games, any all-star game, it, it, they're horrible. They're, they're not fun to watch. It's it's They're all cliche because in an all-star game, whether it's baseball or basketball or soccer or whatever, you have no culture. 
there's no chemistry. It's right. just pure talent. And I think that for the sake of kind of referencing the previous episode and what Katie's doing there, she's leading with culture. Mm-hmm. The talent is kind of expected. She knows yeah, she's Yeah, she be made a no good bones. Like, you have to perform on the pitch, but also. Yeah, it was great. And and right as, of course, it always happens, right? We get off mic, and, you know, she made a really great comment of, like, you're going to let, you know, 180, you know, minutes or two games maybe whatever define when all the other, like, all, the percentage of minutes you'd spend not in a, in the game is so much more than in the game. Right. That all matters probably more than performance time at game time. Because we know anything can happen in a game. Yeah, le- last thing I'll say about that episode is if you have a child that is performing at a high level, I, frankly, at any sport, but soccer in particular, have them listen. Because oh, there's, yes. there's so much about the recruiting why and how that will help them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it really doesn't matter what the sport is. Learn your program. She gave you the, the cheat sheet. Um, it's a good one. And, and I won't dig into it, because it'll, it'll, I'll but I'll tease it, because they can go back. She also talked about high school versus club. And it was very educational for me. And it's, you know, again, got it. You, I knew, I was like, oh, he's going to do it. He's going to ask the question. And I'm so glad you did. And, but I, it, I know it stirs the pot um, it, on both sides. But you, I think you have to keep talking about it, right? Everything's changing so much. Just keep talking about it. Keep talking about it. I learn something every time. Yeah, and I think with that particular subject matter, what I've resigned to is I don't think the institutions necessarily are going to make any changes anytime soon because they're all, that's a slow ocean liner They're movie. dug in. They're dug in. <laughs> but parents who are approaching those decisions and players that are, who, that are approaching the need to make that either or, mm-hmm. they're the ones like, yeah, you know, go check it out. That's right. That's right. Well, we got to get to our next guest. So here, so this gave me the idea. Remember when we talked to the Twelman sisters? You remember? Um, yes. Are you still? We're not over it yet, right? <laughs> no, my therapy bills are stacking up. <laughs> Little did we know, not only the three soccer, they have two other sisters that play hockey. And when they mentioned that, which we all need to get them all on, you're going to need more microphones and a, probably a referee. Yeah. Yeah. We need George on there. <laughs> yeah, a padded room. <laughs> a padded room. Um, but I was like. I know a, I know some hockey. Um, I've worked with hockey players on the mindset portion, but I'm like, my friend Megan Lynch. You will know her because she, can you say it? Ma- Megan Lynch. Megan Lynch. KMOX News. KMOX Radio. Oh, there you go. See. Flashback. Oh oh. <laughs> Woo! So <laughs> Megan and I knew each. Uh, we got to know each other. Um, my second go around at KMOX. You were working in the newsroom at the old building. Remember, we were at the old yeah, building memorial. By the arch. Um, and knew we were kindred spirits that way. But then. Just in terms of our personalities, we're both perfectionists and we like to have our, you know, things like this, a free-flowing conversation is difficult for us. Where, where are my bullets? Um, but two, fast forward to, you know, seeing you once again, getting getting to know more of you. I'm like, I was playing on a softball, a women's softball team in De Pere, which is an old lady league. And they were talking about hockey and they were like, you need to come play hockey. And then later they were like, you know, Megan? And I was like, yeah, no, Megan, like, she's on our team. Like, first of all, I don't play hockey. You, you do not want me. They're like, you'd be fine. I'm like, you're lying. And two, Megan plays hockey? And, and so you've got a daughter that plays. How, how can you tell us first about like kind of your, your athletic journey on your own? And I, I'm curious, I've never asked you, how'd you get to hockey? 
So I was a soccer player. Whoa, see, yeah. Soccer Mom Sunday, yeah. it's still fun. I was a soccer player. I was a soccer player back in the day when there weren't many girls' programs. Central Illinois wasn't really very big until I was maybe in middle school is so when I started. Springfield, Peoria. Illinois. No, no, I know. What what what's what city? What part of Illinois? Springfield, Illinois. Springfield, mm-hmm. okay. Yep. yep. Oh, I thought you just, said Central Illinois. My yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. No. And so... Um, um, like the highest level you could get was remember the Prairie State games. Oh, oh my god! That they used to have. I yes. played in the Prairie State games for five at, years. I think at we the did old too. Sagamon State yeah. uh, fields. And yeah, that's all. That's always where we played. We played out there. You know, all through my YMCA days. Oh my god! And gosh. yeah, I had the luck of being included on a number of girls' teams. I played for uh, the high school boys' team. Terrible experience. Um, tried to coach for a few years after I played. Terrible experience. So I stepped away from soccer for a long time. My dad wanted me to play in college, and I was like, I'm done. Okay. I'm done with the, the culture. Speaking of culture, I'm done with the culture of it. And then when we had our own kids, my husband said, hey, they've got to learn to play for hockey. He's a big blues fan, grew up in the St. Louis area. Let's try to get our son in it. He was four at the time. So here we go. They hook you in with these learn to plays. They're free. And they, they let you borrow the equipment, and then you're sucked in. Some of the best video I've ever... I never take good video. Like, always miss the good stuff on my phone. I'm like, damn, I didn't get my phone. The best video I have ever taken is of one of my children, Liam, doing Learn to Play. It was awful. And him, it's the best. Like, he he falls over. He's falling all over the place. He doesn't know how to do it. We're not hockey parents. I, I, I didn't get his, some of his stuff on right. And it's so comically bad that it's the hilarious like he he finally gets to a puck he's just there he's losing his balance and some good kid skates by and just takes the puck and he like looks at him like dude it's the, the best video the ever best, the best part of the video was your reaction <laughs> on tape i my so. my two i think she was two at the time was roaming somewhere because i'm like i in a minute i have to catch this and she's like mommy and i'm like Shh, i have watched getting your brother fall <laughs> yeah in, in the funniest way and I mean, hockey hooks you in. And then, so then once my daughter started playing a few years later, the only way I could really get her on the ice was to go out with her. And then someone told me about this wonderful thing. It's called Winterland Hockey. It's pond hockey for adults. It's all for fun. They have classes that teach you how to play. Yeah, it where, was phenomenal. Where? where was that at? It's in St. Louis. Really? What? Where? Been around for decades. It's in T. He operates it out of Webster Groves Ice Rink and Kirkwood. That's in um, your, your neck of the woods. Yeah, it it's is. It's a seven iron from my house. He's got hundreds <laughs> of adults involved in this thing. And he also does what? kids, too. It is. We've loved it. And so for me, it was, it was like, oh, my gosh, I get this competitive outlet again in my mm-hmm. life. And so it's you just said a, it was for fun. Well, <laughs> well, then it's I got fun until I have to win. <laughs> then, <laughs> then I got hooked into a women's team, which has been wonderful. Um, you know, and, and I have had some really great coaching. And yes, I'm a super hyper competitive person. Oh, I, I know. Tend to be a little bit of a hothead uh, when I now, play I any sport. I, okay, I need to come watch you play because I see you in a professional Camo X News environment, and I haven't seen the hothead so. I would like your schedule, please. Yeah, I kind of blow up. So, is, is there beer involved? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> it makes your skating better. Before or after? Uh, yes. 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 <laughs> that's awesome. So that's it. That's basically it in a nutshell. And both my kids play. Um, my son plays uh, high school, 
uh, club. Um, he did play like he's the old again. Terminator. He's fourteen. He's fourteen, and Marta is twelve. Twelve. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she plays at probably the the higher level of the two of them I'm in a way. Was Cyclones still? Cyclones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's an all girls club, right? Mm-hmm. Still. Okay. Yeah, she's double A. Now, were we to take her to like a big hockey state like Michigan or Minnesota, she would be average. You know. Yeah. No, so but it was all funny because how, how it kind of all happened. So I learned this on the softball side, that, that there's this side to my friend that I did not know. They did not call you a hothead, though. So they didn't leak that information. Um, but then later, you engaged me to work with the team on my set, which was so fun. They were like, they're, they're what age again? 12? They're 12 years. 12, so 12 they're you. probably 11, mm-hmm. like last year, right? So they're 11 years old. At Centene, we had this like little classroom, great little setup, and here they are. They're just they're being eleven. They're super curious. It's one of the best age groups, by the way. They're super curious. Hands always go up. They participate. I brought Harper to a session. They signed a puck for her. It was the cutest thing ever. And then they changed. They were in this group and they looked like eleven-year-old girls. And then as I cleaned up all my stuff, I was walking. They're like, Are "You gonna walk by?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll walk by and see you guys." And they're walking and they're in all their equipment and then they start skating. And I'm like, these are not any longer 11 year old girls. They're awesome. They're, they changed almost to like a little bitty pro player in, in front of my eyes. Crazy. I tell you what happens to girls on the ice. And I don't know if you see this as much in soccer, but what I notice with hockey is it gives them, it helps them feel powerful. They looked powerful. It's such a fast sport. Um, You know, the speeds that these young kids play at is incredible. And just, I mean, the fact that uh, body contact is allowed and encouraged and that physical outlet. And and so I think it just makes these girls feel very powerful and fierce when they're out there. It was seamless, too, because we do three sessions, right? So I get the first session done. I'm getting to know, like, you know. Who are the ones that are going to participate? Who are the ones I got to like get to participate a little bit? And then I go out and I see them this completely transformed. They they have their they're still like the giggly, goofy, but they get on and the drills start and like they change and it's like whoa, like just and I guess maybe I'm just used to seeing it in soccer, but to see them as being you know they're just 11 year olds, tweens, being weird tweens, and then they go out and I'm like dude, I mean to Harper, my seven year old, she was like. Are they, are, they, are they famous? I'm like, they can be famous to you. She thought well, it was amazing. Well, they have blades on their feet and yeah. big sticks. Be nice. Be cool. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, here's the thing. And sometimes I, I feel bad, but at the same time, they're very capable of performing to that level. But ice is expensive. Yeah. Oh, and man. And so every minute you're on the ice, you have got to make the most of that time. Yeah, like the cha- whoever was in charge, the mom who was in charge of like, they're getting done with the training. They're like, okay, like you got X amount of time to get on the ice. And they were, she was not kidding around. Yeah. And she was in that locker room being like, you need to get out on that ice right now because there's a team coming in right after you. Yeah. Late. Yeah, yeah you've got, they've got about 10 minutes to scrape the ice. We got to get off when we're supposed to get off. So we got to make the maximum. And so sometimes I feel bad, but you know what? When you practice that way with that urgency, then you get that urgency in games. So it's not like in soccer when the coach from the previous practice won't get the hell off the field because it's not his turn anymore. Get off. It's like the parents yeah. no, that's, from the previous that's game. Get off. selective awareness. So, <laughs> so in hockey, it's like the Zamboni's coming. Move or yeah, I'm going to mow you. Yep. <laughs> so so I question, um, 
logistically, you know, as you know, you guys as as house managers, and you have your two players that play a sport that is very militant as far as uh, being prepared, the gear, the time. You have to be quick moving. How do you, how do you, how do you manage that that chaos? Because you have, I mean, the bag of gear is what eighty pounds plus <laughs> alone, you know, and like and it stinks, you know, to a degree, you know, not to. Oh. Just simplify soccer. Look, get your shoes, get your shin guards, get out of the door. You're right. Please get water and your ball. But hockey, you need the arena. You need that. You you know those logistics. Is it? And given the fact that you played soccer as a kid and you grew up, you know the game and you you know how it works. How much more work is it as a parent to manage hockey kids? It's a ton. I I, I would say, and it's. It's all those things you mentioned, and it's and I'm I know for soccer parents it's the same way. It's also the timing of meals mm. that is just here. You're trying to fuel an athlete, and practices always fall right at dinner time yeah. because yeah. that's the only ice time, you know, that you can have. Or you're practicing at ten o'clock at night, which you don't want for these young kids. Yeah. So I think that's like the biggest challenge. And my husband literally some weekends will go through and he creates a whole flow chart. Of who's going where oh and who's... We're all logistics managers, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> who is taking them. And, you know, unfortunately, we've gotten to the point where it's more divide and conquer. When they were younger, right. a lot of times we'd be at the same rank back to back because of their ages. They're doesn't, little, they're yeah, all playing, yeah. Doesn't happen that much anymore. So there's a lot of weekends. We're gone. My husband and my son made a four-hour drive up to Chicago to see two games and drove back this last weekend just so that he could be able to see her play and then get to my son's obligations the next day. Which so. that's really nice because my kids are like, eh, we don't really want to go to that game. Unless like the 17-year-old's like, well, there would be girls there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then it's like he might show up. <laughs> well, I mean, th- that was, that was going to be one of my questions, and that is, you know, hockey also is, it's almost like the logistics are really, really spread out from uh, leagues and teams. You, 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 get, you have to go further. Because you just don't have the volume and the density that a lot of other sports, i.e. soccer, does here in the St. Louis metro. is Do you look at it as glass half full with that aspect of it? Because now, like your husband, just spent 10 hours in the car with, his, with, with your son that, you know, in a lot of other sports, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that kind of time. Uh, do, you, do you see, like, the bonding uh, around hockey being more prevalent or voluminous uh, to a point where you guys realize it's a good thing or does it is it just kind of part of the process I hear what you're saying I think it's good and bad what I hear a lot of of hockey parents whose kids have aged out and are no longer playing is this kind of sadness and melancholy because their whole lives did revolve around it just because of you know you drive 45 minutes to the rink you're there, you know, half an hour before practice, then you're there for a whole hour, then it takes them another half hour to get cleaned up, and then you got another 30 to 45 minute drive home. Where they probably stink. Yeah, so <laughs> like, I mean, that's like every, your evenings, you know, are, are gone and dedicated to that. And if it's a good night, great. If it's a night where your kid implodes, <laughs> yeah, you know, or a whole yeah. weekend. Let's do where, carry out. Yeah. yeah, where things aren't going great, um, you know, it can be really trying and draining. I would say, but I, you know, almost to a person when, when that senior graduates and maybe they're not going on to play college hockey, 
um, you know, I, I see a lot of grief among parents because that's their friend group. That's their, you know, all of their interpersonal uh, yeah. interactions. We kind of got that a little bit from Christy Gable, who we had on a few episodes ago um, with Logan. Her son is senior at Viani playing soccer and he's done. And he may or may not play in college. Um, I think his options are still open at this point. But that group, you know, they, they literally tailgated at Viani. Like well, that group is kind of not gone, gone, but like not, you're not forced around each other and doing the same things all the time. Well, we, we see it so often, like in her particular case, and, and you know, and this is a little bit in jest, but it's a little bit like this is par- parental remorse when these things come to an end, whereas her son is probably really stoked about going to Dayton or Xavier yep. or wherever he's going. Yeah. Yep. Like, it's cool. Okay, next. That's right. You know, because they know, that, look, these are my buddies. Right. But next chapter, they're turning yeah. it over. And the parents so, are like, now I have all this time to spend with just my spouse. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I try to be really mindful of we've got to build some other things into our lives. Yeah. We've got to do some other activities so that all of our eggs aren't in the hockey basket. Do you catch your do you catch your dinner table? Do you catch your just family of four driving to it's the holiday season, right? When we're recording this, do you just catch yourself always talking about hockey, or are you able to disconnect and address news or current affairs or whatever? Yeah, unfortunately, I think we do talk about hockey more than we realize, and part of that is that I also serve on two boards. Which, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know, I serve on the boards for both of the kids. Um, Plus, as my role at the Cyclones, I'm also the age coordinator for all our 10U and 12U teams. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... I think you should take on more. <laughs> well, uh, what? What was I thinking, you know? I've said 2024 is the year of no, for sure. <laughs> so, are you the captain of your women's team, too? No. Oh. No. And unfortunately... <laughs> I draw... I have a line. <laughs> unfortunately, I don't get to play as much as I'd like to because uh, of all these other things. Yeah. So, I kind of miss that outlet for me, but that's okay. You know, you and I talked a little bit too. So first of all, I can't remember working with your daughter and playing. Is that how you got roped into coaching? Like, there's always everybody's got a rope when you get into helping with your assistant coaching or you coaching. You get you get usually roped in at some. Oh, you played. Come on. Or you know, for for me on the soccer side, it's like, oh, you played and your woman. Let's come coach. You know, and because we need more coaches. How did you get kind of? How'd you fall into that? I wouldn't say I got roped in. I oh, I, you inserted. I, yeah, yeah, and I I don't. Um, I don't know that I was always that welcome. Um, you know, and frankly, at first, I couldn't skate real well. But I wanted to be out there for the girls who were out there, and especially my daughter. And then once I got hooked in it, I wanted to learn more. And, you know, there was some guys that wouldn't give me the time of day. But then there are other guys that treated me with a great deal of respect. And I've had some great mentors who have taught me a lot. So, you know, I would say that I, you know me, I just pushed my way in, really. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I would argue also just from knowing you and then having, well, meeting a coach for the first time, but knowing a coach because he's an Oakville family and we lived there for a while, I bet you taught them too. Like, sometimes you can have, like, the best coaches that, you know, they can stick and puck and they're amazing, but then when you translate the game to a youth, it doesn't matter, girls or boys, when you translate... Sometimes we've seen on soccer, you can have a B-level licensed coach, A, who knows everything about the X's and O's and cannot translate it to youth. We've, I've been coached by 
coaches that don't necessarily have the quote licensing, but somehow they were able to teach. But your ability to relate the game to them, one, as an athlete, two, you're a girl too. If they have that kind of relationship, probably helps them, the male coaches as well. I think, you know, for me, I had spent, I had a little bit of coaching experience. I had quite a bit of experience in churches with Sunday school. So oh. dealing with kids of all different ages. So I, you know, had a decade Be of quiet experience. Be quiet, sit down. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and the game of soccer and the game of hockey conceptually are not that different. So right? a lot of the concepts are very, very similar. We just use different terminology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, there have been some rules and some systems that it's taken me a while to catch on to because at the younger ages you don't do it. But, you know, I'm, I'm learning. I've had a lot of good teachers with that. And then just the fact that I was basically learning at the same time my daughter was. And I had some really great coaches. I, I've had the benefit of having um, some training that's been really good. So I had just gone through it. So, yeah, I could say to the kids, hey, look what I was just taught. And, and they were like, oh, you play too? Right. You know, the, the thing that, that I always get out of it is even being in the all-girls program with hockey, there are still not that many women on the benches so when we go play other teams, there might be one other woman, you know, on the other bench, but a lot of times they're not. And when you go through that handshake line after a game and those girls look up and they see that one of the coaches they're shaking hands with is a woman, the look on their face is something that I just can't describe. It's like an instant light goes on. Like they brighten up. It's just incredible. I can't, I can't describe it, but it's like, oh, wow. There's a female coach. Because it's so, still kind of a novelty. Yeah. And so that for me is like, okay, this is, this is why I'm here. They need to see that that can be them. So, so your 12-year-old is <clears throat> benefiting living through that lived experience with you. Kind of, it's almost like you guys have a sidecar going on mm-hmm. via hockey. Talk about the 14-year-old, your son, uh, and this experience that you're going through with your daughter. He's a young teenage boy, right? Is he aware of what his sister is doing, what you're doing, um, you know, in, in a world that is clearly male-dominant, in a sport that's male-dominant? Um, is, is he picking up on kind of that cultural integration that, 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 that you and your daughter are going through by participating at the level that you are? Very much so. I, and he's just one of those kids that he's tuned in, you know, and I think too, he grew up without any grandpas. It was his two grandmas. He's very used to having a lot of strong women around him. It doesn't bother him. Um, I think he's very proud of his sister. I know there's a possibility that she may play on the high school team as well. And he's basically said, if anybody touches her, they're, they're going to have to go through me. Have you, you know? seen Slapshot? Yeah. And, <laughs> and we may have to have some talks about when do you let her stand on her own? Yeah. And she's like, I got it. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And, and it's so fun to watch them, um, you know, I think to each other when they get a chance to go out and horse around and play together. It's not a girl and a boy. It's just two hockey players right. at, that are, you know, both can match each other. So that's what's fun. But yes, I think he's aware and I know he's aware it's special. And when she first joined the club, when she made the team, one of the first things he wanted was a sweatshirt for the club so that he could. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, quick follow up then. Are you intentional 
with this process, with what you're doing. You know, you mentioned the look on the girl's face when they see a female coach. You know, these things that you're gleaming from the experience. Are you ever intentional in communicating that feeling, that experience to your son and or your husband? Or is it something that you're seeing just is happening organically? I think my husband and I probably talk about it a lot more. He was, his dad died when he was very young. He was raised by his mom. So he's very sensitive to how women are treated in the world because he saw how his mom was treated not very well sometimes in the workplace. So he's always been my biggest supporter. And I think for him, I think the struggle has been it's really hard to sit back and watch your wife try to navigate a very male-dominated arena and not step into it. And so for I think, you, not do it for you, yeah, right? And I think those are some of the things we've had to talk about of, you know, he'll ask, do I need to step in on this? You know, what do you need? Um, you know, and, and I'll just bounce ideas off of him of, you know, okay, if I were a man, how would I navigate this? Right. You know, sometimes. Get, yeah, get through that. Um, mm-hmm. You were at a... It was a travel tournament. I don't remember what it was. Um, It was not long after we had finished training last year, the mindset portion. Um, And you had me send a, it was a fun message to the girls, which was great. But I know it was, it was the final of their season. Whatever, what is that for? What is hockey run? Remind me. It was a playoff. Playoff. So we start in, when hockey start? Uh, Usually we start training in August and then we wrap up around March. March. Okay. And yeah, you guys were out there and, and I had, the girls were, were done with the training, but I sent kind of a motivational message reminding them some of the things we were talking about. And I remember, um, not to call anybody out, but there were definite moments that I think just given you, your personality, maybe also being a woman, you're very cognizant of some things that I think sometimes would fly over the head of a male coach. In other words, Get, girls are, you know, having fun, having a good time. You know, they are competing at a very high level. Um, and then sometimes it's the parents who, the girls aren't nervous yet. Like the players aren't nervous yet until the parents are like, let's lock it in. It's time to be serious. Let's go. And then all of a sudden, like the players are like, Ugh! it's like, they're 11. <laughs> Relax. Right. So that parent, you know, you're a parent. We're all parents here at the table. And we also know that maybe the most frustrating, per- maybe across the sports, JB, it's not just soccer. Parents are annoying. No, parents are dipshits. <laughs> let's let's get to call space. We parents are- <laughs> I mean, but I remember like you we reached out and you're like, seriously, like I'm going to have to manage kind of the damage of making this a bigger deal before it's a big deal at Eight o'clock at night when we have a game tomorrow. Let's let's re- not do this. Here's right? what makes me a crazy maker. <laughs> what makes me a crazy maker is when. Are you, are you, are you going to patent parent, that? Gonna, yeah. Can I get the yeah. bumper sticker? Like if, if you want to see <laughs> me maker. have a have a high speed come apart. You, <laughs> That's you, another term. You oh, come Jesus. up to me 30 minutes before a game and you tell me that you scouted the other team and their record and these are the things we need to do to combat them oh, because God. I will lose my mind or I will walk away from you. I, I, why are you spending your energy? But they're being helpful. For a 12U team, a 12U team, like that we have played before. We know what they do. And yeah, so I and see, I'm gonna see assume, you got me going. I'm, I bet you changed your whole game plan. I'm going to assume it was a dad. Yeah. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> because, and here's what I think too. I think there's a lot of dads that they probably played 
They probably played some high school. Stick and puck. They probably picked but. up some bad habits in high school yeah. because that's where you pick them up is in the high school teams. No offense. It happens in soccer, yeah. too. <laughs> and they sit you up there it. in the stands and they have no control. They don't know what the coaches are telling the kids because they're not down there to hear it. They think that the kids aren't getting what they need to hear. Oh, man. You know, sometimes and do they really just, need to hear your parents? You don't. Well, sometimes you've told the kid 10 times and he's still not doing it. So, you know, you they've got to just learn. Does the plexiglass help? Because I'm wondering if eventually in soccer they're going to just put up plexiglass around outdoor fields. Does it help or are they it just does. banging on it? The uh, the plexiglass keeps the puck in and the BS out. Oh. That's I what like we that. say. Yeah. That's what we say. Unless, unless you're in a rink where the stands are over the glass. <laughs> There's several of them. There's one in... Um, Afton has a rink, All-American. Oh, yeah. Uh, we used to play some soccer at All-American. Remember that? I, you know, no offense to all my Afton-Americans friends, but that rink has bad juju because parents can literally lean over the railing Love and shout down at the ice, <laughs> and it all comes to the bench. And what, what parents don't realize when they start yelling at refs or getting upset at the play or getting upset at a penalty is that the kids are hearing all this. And, you know, when, when it's a situation like that where they're, like, kind of above you, and I turn and I look at the girls, and you can tell, like, it just amps them up. Yeah, you can't see Megan, but she's doing the classic, like, you're pulling in yeah. on your shoulders, you're getting tight and tense, and it's like, this is... It's yeah. a central nervous I mean, this, system destroyer. This is a universal issue oh, in youth sure. sports. And, and, I, and my question to you is, like, Okay, we all know this happens. Um, you're you're giving the examples, your lived experiences on the ice. What do you do about it? How do you how do you address it in real time, and or do you take it to post game and address it, or do you try to just focus on the girls at the time during the game on the bench on the ice, and then wash your hands? What's your approach? I. I've got to be honest, I don't always handle it real well. And there have been times when I have literally yelled back up to the stands for people to stop. I love it. Hold my hand up, stop. Or I'll give them, you know, the slash your throat sign. Enough. (laughs) You know, enough. And, and, you know, I've had parents blow back at me. Well, you know, the refs, blah, blah, blah. And and I, I just have to let it go because it's like, all right, you know, but... What I'm telling you is you're stressing your kids out. Newsflash, and a referee doesn't change his call. We don't yeah. change our call yeah. as referees. It doesn't change. And I, the, I th- For the better, anyway. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I'm not proud of myself when I do stuff like that, but at that moment, like, if people knew what it takes to manage a hockey bench, um, it's stressful. I, I don't know well, how you guys fast. do it. It's, it's, it's the closest, it's so we, fast. The closest yeah. we have, probably, JB, in our respective sport is indoor jumping over a wall like but not with skates not with the stick and not with you know the ice quickness yeah you're making well, a shift change sometimes every 45 seconds yeah they're crazy no no, yeah. no i don't it's, i have the utmost respect for it because like when i coach soccer <laughs> I, I i prefer an assistant just to handle the subs yeah like i don't even and those are Five ten minute long quote shifts. Yeah, we don't go in forty five seconds. Like so, when I watch <laughs> hockey, it's like my OCD 
I'm like, how are you managing? The, you know, yeah. And, I get, you, and you can't just put them in a line and just say, okay, one in, one out, one in, one out. You know, you know, enter. You got to send two out. Sometimes you got to pull them off when they're offensive zone. Sometimes you got to pull them off when it's transitioning. Yeah. See, sometimes the, someone gets oh, a penalty. The more and you, you talk, the more anxiety out. I get. Yeah. <laughs> like, now Jamie's gotta, gotten all crazy. Yeah. He's like, oh. Then you got to figure out when to pull the goalie if you need to do that, oh and who you're going to send out. You know, for your sixth person. And timing, I bet, is okay. Everything. Okay. So, so to that, to that end. Going back to what we were just talking about, the parent engagement, their role in the chaos, for those parents that are listening that happen to be hockey parents, do you see what you're doing? <laughs> you know, because it's already a chaotic environment without anybody in the stands. So how, when the parents are chirping and when this chaos is going, how do you communicate to the girls? What do you say to them when that threshold starts to tip into this is too much whether it's the parent yelling whatever how do you keep them uh protected from the additional chaos above and beyond the game we crack jokes we tell them keep doing what you're doing you start focusing on the basics and i give them a lot of praise you know yeah i know what she did to you i saw that slash you handled it well you didn't retaliate you know, you just start praising them for their composure under the circumstances because some games do get out of out of control. Yeah. And and yeah, as much as like I'd like to go out there and take control of the game, I can't. So you got to help them cope with it. And sometimes they're going to come on the bench and they're crying because they're not because they're sad because they're mad. They're so mad, you know, that that happened. You know that they got slashed and they yeah. put their head on the boards and you know what have you. So you got to give them room to calm down, tell them it's okay, tell them they did a good job, you know, maybe how to handle it the next time. But, you know, you just got to keep, you got to have total composure. And so the worst thing <laughs> after a game like that you can do as a parent is start wanting to analyze the game with the coach the minute they come off the bench. Well, this sounds familiar. Yeah. Deja vu. I, I mean, if you want the poorest response from me possible do that to me and i'm just an assistant coach i'm not even the head coach so you yeah. know yeah if you want a bad response from me do that yeah <laughs> make some smart comment right after the game and or be like yeah yeah and i was, th I was thinking on the flip side of it because i bet the themes are the same you're beside yourself but like you're what's the best so if you think of you know just a, a, a an avatar of you know, you can be as competitive as you, it, it can be a bad, competitive parent, but like the best parent to be like that kid's good because they've got great parents for their competitive level. What's that look like in a parent, mom or dad? That looks like a parent who is just enjoying their kid playing. Wow, hmm. who that's also familiar, JB. Who who sits back, right. who cheers for every kid on the team. Mm. I was drink. That is big. I the the best parents are the ones that you don't know who their kid is. Yay! Because they're cheering for every kid on the team. They, they want and, the roster, right? They're like, what's a number? And they want they want the yeah. names, and they want to be like they don't know number twenty, but they're like twenty to two, and they do it, right? Yeah. I love and that. they're the ones that are yelling, "Shake it off, line up, go back to it. You can get it back." The positive talk. What? You know. oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's a. That's a theme yeah. too. And I understand, like I understand getting upset <laughs> when your kid gets boarded and they're laying on the ice and you don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, I do get it. It's stressful. Yeah, for sure. But they're kids and most of them bounce back. Like right. they're back the next shift. Right. So I, it's just really hard sometimes to keep perspective. But you know, the the best parents are the ones that 
after the game, they're like, yeah, you know, it was a good effort. Sure, you'll work on some stuff. Let's go have pizza. <gasps> Just who said that? Who was who it that recently was that literally said, let's go get something to eat? It was Kelly Oberly. Kelly Oberly just talking about, like, let's go get some lunch. Like, let's take care of your basic bodily needs because you're hungry. You're probably thirsty because you probably didn't drink enough water. I don't even know how, by the way. I worked with a hockey player once, and she was telling me how she was. Yeah, they go through so much water. They water, but, like, when they have to time it because they have to get to their water bottle, and their their shift is probably in 30 seconds uh, by the time they get done. But, yeah, it's, like, that same thing. It's, like, the the parents who, and and I, I speak as, like, I've, I've, Later in life, I've done it much better that way. But earlier in life, I did not as a parent. And I'm, I wish I could go back and change that stuff and just be like, let's take this time to, one, decompress you. And maybe I need to decompress. And two, there, nothing's going to be handled when your nervous system is in a state of upset. There's no higher level reasoning happening. So let's go eat. Yeah. <laughs> and, and let's be real, especially parents of girls. When they hit a certain age where they hit puberty... And they're all on a team together and they see each other five days a week. They all cycle at the same time. And your coach is dealing with that on the Maybe are you okay? Because you have boys. Are you all right? <laughs> Do you know what we're talking about? Totally fine. Okay. I, yeah. Uh, I don't need to Google it. that one. It is a thing. So, it is a thing. And there, I just, some coaches are, male coaches are very surprised. Like the usually female coaches, at least on the soccer side, like they, they peck that gear, that, the, that stuff. Because they know it could in, in it yep. you have that and with boys you don't have to worry about that it's yeah. not a and, thing <laughs> and you're gonna have games where they're sluggish and they're off and they're crying because physically literally you're off yeah you're like it's whatever phase and you have got zero energy yeah so parents that's you know we're taking that on yeah we're, we're yet yet another reason to not yell at the kids during the <laughs> game right. yeah. what you don't know or she's going to kill you in your sleep. <laughs> You know, and I would say as a as a sports parent, have I had some terrible missteps with my kids? Absolutely. I've had to learn, for example, with my son, he comes to me when he wants advice on his play. I don't say anything, but you you did a good job. I had fun watching you. This was a great play. And that's it. And then he'll usually ask me, is there anything I can improve? What did you see? You know, my daughter's the same way. And there's even times when I tell her, I'm not talking about the game right now. Because you're also coach, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. I, told you, I told you you did a good job. Okay, you put it all out there. You had good effort, good attitude. Now let's flush it. It's but done. I love the fact that between the boy and the, many times I think I come across parents who think you got to do it so differently for the genders. You really don't. Their, their needs are essentially the same. Yeah. But, you know, whether you're, <laughs> they don't want to analyze the game or whether they do and like you with Marta have to say, not right now. Yeah. And, and they're all different. I think, you know, every kid is a little bit, I think, JB, you've talked a little bit about your kids, too. Is like They're all different, right? I have a kid who wants to immediately break some stuff down. I have a kid that wants, doesn't want to talk about it for two days, maybe ever. Um, they're all different. And, and I would say with the girls that I coach, you've got to be really sensitive to what you say to the, any athlete. But, you know, I always try to couch what I say to them in, for example... All right, I saw you out there. If you try this, you'll be faster. You know, if you do this, you're going to have a better chance of beating her. Never in a thing of, oh, you know, you messed that up. Yeah. You know, but hey, if you do this, guess what? Cause effect. Yeah. Um, Curious. Looking down the the pipe, um, the future of both of your kids in the game, um, within the... Uh, the, the, the hockey marketplace because 
over the past 10, 15 years in particular, there's really kind of been an explosion of hockey popularity, hockey uh, production, as far as players playing at higher and higher and higher levels. Uh, are, do you see that creeping in down at this uh, U12, U13, U14, um, the pathway conversation? So, talk about what that looks like on the in the hockey world because it's no secret in the so- on the soccer side. Everybody is, even if you're not a soccer parent, you know. Well, there's these clubs, there's this academy, and then there's pro or whatever. They simplify it. Hockey is starting to grow here as far as producing those players. What does it look like at, at the ages in which you're neck deep in right now? So hockey is traditionally a late blooming sport. Anybody who's influential in USA hockey and their development pipeline will tell you that. However, like for example, for my son at this point, and I, I don't think he's that interested, uh, he would have to put every waking moment into developing himself to get to a point where maybe he could play what they call juniors or basically you you pay to play after high school and yeah. you hope that someone picks you up. Right. Um, you know, so That's for, after high school, though. Yeah. Okay. And it can be like maybe your last, your senior year. Sometimes kids will go into that. There's other avenues they can go into. Um, you know, there's double uh, A hockey for boys. There's triple A uh, options for boys. You know, and I think um, they're all expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and there's and there's always still the the collegiate path as well. More and more D1 programs are popping up, so there's that at the same time. Yeah, realistically, you know, it's one of those things where only those kids that are probably playing at those elite levels are going to get those D1 spots. Mm-hmm. You know, if he would ever want to play D3, you know, a club team at his university, I, I don't care. I I'm to the point especially with him I want it to be fun yep um, I just where did we hear that Katie Shields I, I just, people I just really um, I want him to have good teammates have good coaching have a good time and enjoy it when he's out there on the ice because life is too short and I'll, I'll tell you why with him he has a couple of uh, medical conditions that are serious and so you know with him especially it's like all of it is not, it's not worth it um, if you're going to be miserable. And, you know, sometimes I wonder with some of the elite athletes and experiences, if it's all that's cracked up to be. Um, so, you know, I just really want to see him enjoy it. I want that for her as well. I'm starting to get very nervous about all the talk we hear about, well, if you don't go this path or if you don't go that path, they're not going to get to this level. They're not going to be seen. And I think... Unfortunately, what you do when you do that is you narrow the talent pool. You price people out of a sport. I'm sure I'm saying like all the things you already know. We see it in soccer, right? You have families that just say, man, I I can't do it. I can't. I mean, literally, we're financially, we're at the highest level. Or you literally do it at your expense of doing maybe other things for your family. Yeah. Yeah. Like, can we afford a car? No, we've got hockey. (laughs) You know, um, so, you know, I think, do I think like if she put the work in, could she be at a high level one of these days? Yeah. You know, but I, I think too, I also see the strain 
that being at this level already puts on her. So I want to be real cognizant of that going forward. And and I, I even said to her last night in the car, I said, you know, I, she kept asking me how I thought she did at practice. And I said, you know, you did great. You know, you always put all the effort out there. But are you having fun? You know, are you really having fun? And she's like, meh. And I'm like, yeah, then we, we got to change some things up. So, this is supposed to be fun, right? So you have a teenage athlete. <laughs> you know, the, the ambivalence They're starts like, to come Meh. out. And and I, I say that in jest, but as parents, like, we don't ask that enough and, and like, be intentional with it. Because they are very often And not like, just eh. flip. You know, because mm-hmm. typically, here's the other side of that coin. You get uh, alpha parent A gets in the car. The kid gets in. The kid had a mediocre game for whatever reason. Uh, so, did you have fun today? You know, oh it, 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 God, that, that's, that's, a, yeah, that's a different conversation. It's that it's that delivery, and you know, and it's like the kids are going. The kids feed off of that immediacy, that feedback, post game, and, and it carries forward. And it's the same response, by the way. I'd like to just be clear. There's a there's a I think a common misconception that it doesn't bother boys. It does. Yeah. Their response, and, and and every kid's different, but their response. <laughs> They may look stoic on the outside, but they just collapsed on the inside and they fr- they don't hear you anymore and you get a lot of like stonewalling, right? You might have a different response from a girl. Depends. Um, I have a one that um, Harper's a crocodile tear girl, whereas Marin gets just, she, she also gets like real quiet, distant. Um, they're, they're, their nervous systems are shutting down. They're shutting down your that unwelcome feedback and it affects both genders i think from having both i think the comparison game is is so dangerous in sports as far as you know my kid you know is at this level and you know mm-hmm. your kid is not and you know he puts in he puts the work what? in he puts the work in i hear that a lot in hockey puts the work in well my kid puts oh, the work oh, in too jv's about to fall <laughs> out of his chair all kids put work in that i i think it, that that bell curve there are those that should never play a sport that do and then you have 98 percent of everybody else and then you have the other in the one percent that Let's be honest. Are physical freaks. They are yeah. physical freaks. <laughs> yeah. And they have mental fortitude that most adults don't have. Yeah. And that's why the physical prowess is elevated. You see it. And it because it's not just the physicality, it's they've got that mindset. Yeah. It's kind of baked in to who they are. So you, you know, parents that start to do that comparison, they're just not being honest with themselves on what the reality of the landscape is. I have to self-check all the time, you know, that we are not putting too much emphasis on what we're doing in athletics, that I am paying as much attention to their academics and their social life. And I, I mean, it's sad that I have to say that, yeah, I have to intentionally put a check on that. And I think too, you know, I'm, and maybe some of it is my fault because I am so highly involved in a lot of aspects of it. Yeah, you're also in the like the organizational part of yeah. the organization. You know, and I think what's what's really hard too is what we know about sport is that if a kid does improve their skill level, it is more fun because they can be more competitive. 
do more things. Right. Yeah. Not like Liam, who's well, falling on the ice every Thursday. Well, and the other thing is, like, parents are missing out on the million other things that kids can learn during sport, such as empathy, such as leadership, such as problem solving. Because here's the reality of it. 15 years later, that 4040 at 16 doesn't do jack shit in the boardroom. Yeah. Like, you, you have to solve problems yeah. for a long, long time. Are you? Yeah, are you seeing those behaviors that aren't just the sport? Again, I go back, Katie Shields is just in my mind because it's so recent, talking about one of her players who's the player after a loss, you know, goes to the goalkeeper and puts her arm around it. Like, that is a huge, like, as a parent, if you saw that, I would be like, I, my, I'm so proud of my kid right now. Not for how they play, but what they just did from a character standpoint. Well, I so wish as a player when I was playing soccer that I had coaches who knew how to handle that dynamic. And it's not their fault that they really didn't. But unfortunately, those bad behaviors that I had in sport just kind of perpetuated themselves for years. For me, you know, professionally as well. If I had had someone that was teaching me the kinds of lessons that we're now trying to teach our athletes in a lot of cases about character, teamwork, you know, being responsible for your actions. I mean, I think there are some good coaches doing some good things out there to try to make kids accountable and make it more of a well-rounded experience. Um, I just wonder how much I would have benefited from that had I had someone, you know, that could have channeled some of my frustration into something better. Can I ask, do you mind sharing, like, what, what might that have been? Like, frustration because... A play because didn't go your way or, or one of those yeah, kind of... Yeah, my own performance level. Ah, My okay. own performance level and, frankly, teammates, the clickiness. Oh, the I'm clickiness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the meanness. Clickiness and meanness. That'll destroy a team. Yeah. doesn't matter how good you are. It, it destroys the best yeah. of teams. So not to make this whole episode about picking on parents, but I want to ask one more parent question because I'm just curious as to the comparison. We know, JB and I know in soccer, it's like... There are also like reels on Instagram about like this kind of soccer parent, this kind of, there's one about soccer moms, like one that doesn't even watch the game, one that's like, you know, inordinately involved in the game and dads too, you know, in soccer you might have, we've already mentioned the stopwatch uh, parent or a parent, there's always like a parent on a team who will, you're kind of supposed to sit across from your team. And Slice that's actually a rule. You're supposed to sit across, but there are parents that it's like, it's clear your, your team is now attacking our end and, and so you're going to sit there and cheer gonna, for your kids. You're going to come goals. all the way down, or like they're they're literally coming down because my kid needs me here. No, they don't. Um, what are, are there similar hockey behaviors? Are there different ones that are like this is this kind of parent? This is this kind of parent? You've got the shift watcher. Okay. They're the one who okay. you know is is like timing. A, You've got the stat keeper. Oh, they've got stats not only on their kid but yours as well. All right. You've got the goalie mom who sits well away from everybody else because they don't want to hear the criticism. Um, oh, because of that reason, not because they're like try, needing help their goalkeeper, but they don't no, want to hear everybody. They don't want to hear. Why it. didn't they stop that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> you know, you've got you've got the S- strength and conditioning. Yeah. Meathead, meathead dad. You've got the you've got the ref in the stands. Oh, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> you interviewed the city refs not long ago. See, they're everywhere. You've got the coach in the stands Maybe. coaching his own kid. This is this is probably the most damaging for kids. They mean well. They're trying to get their kid to perform, but the kid is skating down the ice. They're calling commands, and the kid turns and looks at dad to try to figure out what dad's telling them, and they're out of the play. Yep. 
Um, oh, and you know, in hockey, it's so fast. You're out of the play like that, right? Yeah. Like and, it's- and then you've got, you know, then you've got the parents that are just, and I, I think, you know, we hone in all the, all the negative things. Fair. But you've got the parents who are, they get their kids there on time. They're ready to go. They've got all their gear. If they don't, you, you understand because they've got four other kids in sports. You know, they're, they're the ones that, that are willing to give any kid a ride if they need it. It's, it's you know. the mom with two different shoes on. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's the mom. It's the mom who makes the signs in yeah. the stands, who cheers on every kid. You know, I mean, we've got, frankly, we've got a great group of parents on our team that are super supportive, you know, Evolve. you know, varying intensities, but they just really... I think the most powerful thing you can do as a coach is take that one-on-one time with a parent and say, here's what I'm working with your kid on. You know, here's what they're doing great. Here's what I'm working with them on. You know, and and I think for parents, that's that's all you need to hear. Like that someone cares enough about your kid that, yeah, they're working on those little things with them. Yeah, yeah, I can can equate it as being a parent and a coach in the world of um, the soccer, our sport, is there definitely times where I knew I was like, oh, she's not doing what I want because she's getting instructions from the other side. And it's not that they're bad instructions. They're just not what we're working on right now, right? And so it becomes, it sucks because then I have to take player out because I'm I'm across from parents. I can't go talk to dad. And I got to take her out. And none of them, by the way, very few of them want to rat their parent out, right? So it's like, Lorelai, why are are we just booting the ball up the field? And she'll be like, I don't know. And I'm like, I know. This is what I need you to do. Like, I understand. And then have to have that kind of conversation where... Yeah, it's the kick it hard contingency. Oh, the boot it, bomb it. it. The boot it, bomb it, clear it. Jesus, I can't stand that. But anyhow, like on an occasion, that could be the right call. But sometimes, like, even with a particular player, there was, like, a particular player who she just was struggling with wanting to do a 50-50. And so I was pushing her really hard. And so sometimes it wasn't always warranted, but go get it, go get it. Well, the cool part was the parents never talked about it. So it was great. I, didn't have, I wasn't out being out-coached where they might think, like, you should pass it or you should pause because I'm working on something specific she needs to overcome. You know, does that make sense? It does. I think the best thing that I love to see is when our teams do a parent-kid game and parents go out there and they try to put on skates. Maybe some of them <laughs> haven't worn them in a decade or they've never Forever. skated before. Ever. Hockey yeah. skates are weird, by the way. Yeah, they do. They rock. You fall forward yeah. on your face. Yeah. And so it's the most, once you realize it's the most humbling sport <laughs> you could ever play, like most parents, like I don't know why we wait to do those games at the end of the season. We have to do it at the beginning. A little humbling. You know, and I think another thing, and I don't know, this is probably the same way with soccer now, but our sport is just so expensive yeah. that I oh. think sometimes parents are like, "Okay, I've what? devoted all this yeah. money." What we are, complain what about shin guards and cle- yeah, what is that? Skates. What yeah. do they cost? The yeah. Average pair of skates. It depends on the kid. Now we're. <laughs> We're notoriously cheap on our equipment. Helmets are about the only thing we spend a decent amount on. That's for your brain. I feel like that's a pretty important piece of equipment. But if you're a good skater, I feel like you can skate on cheap skates or expensive skates. But you can go anywhere for a decent pair of skates from maybe $300 all the way up to custom skates for well over $1,000. That's different. Um, Isn't it different? I think it's different. No? I I would say the average cleats are going to be for the... For the kids today, yeah, uh, one fifty to two fifty. Oh, okay. We're not as cheap yeah. as and, I thought. And okay. then you have okay. to sharpen them. 
So, right. you know, oh, depending wait. on how hard you play. We just wear down the cleats and then they want new ones. Yeah, no, we sharpen <laughs> them like, you know, and that's good eight to ten bucks a pop every time you get them sharpened, you know. So you're doing that probably once or twice a month. Wait, do you do that or you take them somewhere? We take them somewhere okay. to do that. <laughs> she sits in her a backyard with, a, with yeah. a honing knife. You know, then there's, then there's the sticks, like depending like on us, like we buy them on clearance. We've never spent more than $60 on a stick. I know parents. Who get their kids two, three, four, five hundred dollar sticks that they're going to break, like pro weight sticks. That reminds me of softball and baseball in a way. Yeah, I mean, and that's fine. That's their prerogative. We just don't. It's just not what we, you know. You're like, listen, learn to slap shot on uh, any stick. (laughs) Cheap, right? That's a perfect segue because I've been waiting to ask because (laughs) the beautiful game, global game, is soccer. We all know that it's the World Cup. Hockey is. Super He's bragging cool. a little. Maybe. Nah, I love I love hockey. I love, it's it's super cool. Um, but I'll tell you the one area that hockey absolutely dominates soccer in. That's the big screen. L. A. Hollywood. It has the best movies. Oh. So, name one. I mean, I was like, we're sure where he's going. Where? Uh, name one. Name one soccer movie. Name one. That is not. That's a good point. Lame. Where's the one like where they overcome the? It's the Russians, right? Like, what's that one with Kurt Russell? Soccer? No, no hockey. I'm the getting miracle? to that. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go, oh, go. you're jumping ahead. Oh, sorry. There. Okay. <laughs> and you can't say like, uh, what was a victory with <laughs> Sylvester there, Stallone and Pele? He's they're in prison. There's a David like, Beckham documentary out now. Bend but. it, bend it like Beckham. <laughs> whatever. They're all lame. Hockey. <laughs> As a hockey family, you have. 50 to choose from. What's your favorite hockey movie as a crew to sit on the couch and be like, we're going to watch the sport we love or a, a story or whatever. What's your favorite hockey we movie? We never have. Oh my God. We don't have time. I mean, I, I, yeah, she's like, we're at practice. Um, I figured you were like channeling your inner Herb Brooks and you got I Miracle on I think my husband and I have watched that movie, but I don't think we've ever sat and watched it with the kids. And we certainly can't watch Slapshot with them. Which is one of the best all time. Yeah, they're a little young. Hockey movies. They're yeah, that's young. okay. I, yeah, I, I, don't, I, will, I will. I don't say even I want to know when. Are they you watch circling that. the calendar like when they turn sixteen? You're like I can't I don't wait. Know. I'm I don't watching even that. know if I can let them watch it then. <laughs> um, you know. Okay, now I need to go watch the movie. I have not seen it. You've not seen Slapshot. No, I've seen the movie where he makes them uh, keep sprinting. And no, we Paul beat the Russians. New- Paul Newman, Slapshot. No, I haven't. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, all right, all right. We Something have to watch over the serious holidays. relationship do- issues. Okay, I'll, I will go watch it. And then on the next podcast, I'll be like, he'd be like, what you been doing lately? Watching the movie, Slapshot. No, I, hockey's <laughs> like, I love hockey. You know, and the thing is, like, again, I, I alluded to it earlier, St. Louis having finally get over the hump a few years ago, winning the Stanley Cup and, you know, the, 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 the blues environment. It's just fun. That had to be big, like like for oh, hockey people, right? Just huge. You know, and when you look at those players, the skill and the strength and the training they do, and you, when you think a lot of them, they're really young men. They're yeah. young guys, and we put that so are humongous. much pressure <laughs> on them. You know, it, it was like the story of Jordan Cairo. This, Did you see you know, him break down? Where he broke down, you know, because yeah. the fans were booing him, you know, and a lot of people were mocking that, and I thought... He's a young man, you know, relatively speaking, he's a kid. Yeah. You know, and, you know, these pros, what we expect of them um, and our elite athletes, it's sometimes a little bit ridiculous. They're humans. Yeah. Sometimes young. Yeah. Very young humans. Well, this is fun. 
Yeah. I like talking hockey on Soccer Mom Sunday. <laughs> I know, It's right? all the same, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? It's I mean, the We might need to change to Sports Mom Sunday because it could really apply. As you, we saw how many themes today with hockey went over almost every conversation we've had so Well, far. I could literally go back and edit this and just beep out the word hockey and yeah. nobody would know the difference. Nope, they'd be like, yeah, that's, that's soccer. It'd be the same. It's the same. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I had a great time. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for inviting me. It was a lot of fun. Badass news reporter, apparently a hothead on the ice. I gotta go. I see. was waiting for her to come in and be like, "Why am I talking to this? These people that love this sport, where they just roll around and grab their knees and a bunch of pansies." I was hate. I could take a dive like no one. Oh yeah. no! Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you get tripped, you roll, doggone it. If you feel... And then, and then you're back up on your feet, right? <laughs> you're like, I'll take the kick. Yeah, I didn't. I never, like, writhed around in pain, but... You're um, like, hey. Yeah, there's yeah, limits. There's the limits kick. to my fake... <laughs> fake fake physical <laughs> react show. responses. I, yeah, don't even <laughs> get me started. And I'd love to play... I'd love to try to play soccer just one more time. Mm, I like just to think about it, time. but then my back hurts. <laughs> my back hurts thinking about it. <laughs> I'd probably run myself on the ground. You know how it is when you get old and you try to run. You're like, fast, I can do this. And then all of a sudden you're like face first on the yeah. ground. But in your head you did it, but <laughs> yeah. the body was like You start <laughs> running and then you're like, Why is the ground coming at me so yeah. fast? <laughs> uh, now I know. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. Yeah, it was thank a lot you. of fun. Thank you. Always a pleasure. See you on the next one. Mellow Mushroom. Thank you. Yeah. We're out of here. Have More a good pizza. day. Bye bye.